0: the Next Level Loan Officers podcast. To learn more about Next Level Loan Officers, go to becomenl.com.
1: Hello, everyone. Sean Zalmanoff here with your Next Level Loan Officers Podcast, the number one loan officer podcast by originators for originators. Hey, if you need to look and find a little more information about Next Level, you can just go to becomenextlevello.com and uh, and find out about us, which is probably where our guest today went when, when he first found out about us. Uh, we are joined by Ryan Riddle. Uh, man, man. You guys aren't even gonna believe the numbers uh, that that Ryan is putting up. He is three and a half years in the business, and and I'm not even gonna steal the thunder. I want to let him tell you what he's closed year to date, but, but we'll get there. Uh, first of all, Ryan, welcome, bro. Thanks for joining. Thank us you. Today. What an introduction. Well, man, you feel a
0: little too good. <laughs>
1: There is no way with, with the business you're building, the investments you're making, <clears throat> the team you have around yourself and, you know, you, you and I were just talking uh, just before the podcast and, you know, just talking about the, the two guys who you work hand in hand with um, who, like many people in the industry, they just do things a little bit old school, but yeah wholeheartedly embrace your endeavors uh to to better yourself better the company and and take things in the direction that we need to all be relevant in 2030 because i mean there'll be some old school guys around in 2030 man they're just not going to be a lot of them
0: around yeah i actually talk about that all the time just like in our local area with the local lenders all the guys are getting up there what's going on in the next uh five to ten years you know what are these it, companies going to do? Well, it's it's
1: interesting, you know, because the, we talk about all the apps, all the phones that, are, that that are trying to replace us right now, and you know, just age is going to do a lot of that. I mean, I think the average age of a loan officer is fifty four, fifty five years old. Don't quote me, but but it's pretty close to that. And I've had some pretty good years, so when the time turns, I mean, they're not going to reinvent themselves. They're just going to say peace no. out, exactly. and so there's either going to be guys like you and myself who fill that void or tech companies will. And yeah. so, so we all have that choice. So man, you, uh, you were in the restaurant industry uh, until three and a half years ago. Yep. Uh, just, just tell everybody what, what have you closed personally year to date right
0: now? Uh, through June, it was 90 million. So through June of 2021, I'm not counting, but I think, as of July 21st, it was 99.5, but no one's counting. <laughs> no one's counting. <gone>. Almost <clears throat>
1: as of tomorrow, Ryan. By the time you're listening to this podcast, Ronald close over 100 million. But but through June, the first half of 2021, my man here's closed 90 million. Now you're in New York, so the first thing there gonna be like, oh man, loan limits or loan sizes. But I don't care. You you got to close a lot of loans to get to 90 million. What's your average loan size or how many loans is that to get to 90? 430 right now so that's a bro close and a, a whole lot of loans yes that, yeah that, that, that wasn't seven super jumbos that uh, no, i wish <laughs> no you don't man you made a quarter <laughs> no, point no, no, or no. ten basis points in order to so, get those. Loans, exactly <laughs> um so three and a half years ago uh you're running restaurants managing restaurants you're working like in and now you got a team closing a quarter of a million. You're closing 90 million personally. Dude, tell me about this story of there till now.
0: Yeah. So um, I was in the restaurant business, went to culinary school, and I was getting to the point, you know, I happen to have, um, you know, my daughter when I was 21. So I had to, you know, grow up pretty fast and, and figure it out. And I love the restaurant business, but it was coming to the point where I either wanted to do it for myself, um, but, you know, just life. Got ahead of me, and you know it's like, what kind of decision do I make for my family now, right? Do I, you know, put all my eggs in one basket and try to open up their restaurant and hope it goes good? Um, but you know that wasn't my decision because that's not the best as a, a husband or a father um, to do to their family. So while I was in the restaurant business, I met a couple of gentlemen that had huge portfolios and were flipping houses, and I, you know, I, I was able to do one or two with them and get my feet wet. And uh, you know, then that was the thing I wanted to do, right? So it was like one day I went to the restaurant business and I was just like, guys, I'm you know, I'm out of here. They try to offer me more money the whole nine. I'm like, nah, I can't do it no more, you know, because I'm the type of person once I got my head set on something, I'm that's it. I'm like full force.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and in that process, actually the day I uh quit, I closed on my house. Um, so it was my father-in-law's friend and he's like, don't quit your job. Like try to stay there like a couple more weeks after you close. I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I quit. I I just quit at the restaurant and then I was going to the closing. So So they didn't do a VOE that day? They did a verbal, but I quit after the verbal. I quit like an hour before the closing. (laughs) They did a verbal that day. Only if I actually
1: knew. Well, man, you um, one—you should have waited one more day. In hindsight, yeah. you realize what you almost did. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it was super close. Um, and I was like, all right, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to flip some houses with you. That—that that, my, my fallen friend and who, who I'm partners with on the team and and partnering up on the company with, um, at that time, flipped just about 200 homes. So mm-hmm. he was big in our in our community um, with the flipping, and I, you know, I just wanted to jump on the bandwagon with him. He's like, all right, you know what, uh, you know. Start mortgages and then I'll get you into some houses. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not a salesman. It's not happening. Let's just do some houses. I got a couple on my radar. And he's like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah let me know. So, you know, a week went by, he calls me up. He's like, Hey, come into my office. I, you know, I got a couple of, uh, you know, I, I got some stuff that we could look at. He's like, all right, you can start mortgages. And I was like, all right, let's go for it. And I guess, I guess that's what I'm here for. So I kind of just jumped into it the whole, honestly, the first, whole first year of the business, it was like 2000. 18 i'm like you know rates were starting to go into the fives towards the end and i was just like holy crap is this bad timing right i I didn't even i don't know what the economy was before rates were actually even higher i just think i'm jumping in at the completely worst time yeah um and the whole first year was just tough you know i was doing the you know i have a business mind that like in the restaurants i was doing the numbers how much volume i have to do i'm watching some other people you know like what that are considered top producers doing 40 50 million at the company and it's like, wow, they're grinding. Like, it, this guy's been doing it for 10 years. I hope it doesn't take me that long. And once I got my grasp on the business after like six months, um, I realized, not not the actual business, the flow of it, right? There's a lot more learning in, to do in six months, but the numbers. I was getting the numbers down. I'm like, I got to get, I got to recruit. And so, uh, you know, my partner now is just, just just worry about the business. I'm like, no, I got the business. I, I think it was like my first week we started uh, banking non-QM loans. And I was just like going into Manhattan, walking into restaurants, asking people if they a loans. He calls me up and he's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm going through the tunnel. I'm going into the city. He's like, dude, turn around. I'm like, no, I'm going to come back with a loan. And I did. I came back with a loan that day. Um, but uh, it was just, you, you know, so, so when I realized that, the numbers that I needed to do and the numbers that I wanted to make and where I wanted to go, I knew I didn't want to be that, just what we talked about, that average age of a loan officer, 55 years old, sitting here, doing my my average of three deals a month, making a, a living, bringing home a paycheck, that's about it. And, you know, always wondering if, if the young guys are going to cut me out, staying up on technology, cradling those relationships, I, you know, I didn't want any part of that. So after year 1 I started recruiting right away. I just started calling, you know, I would take an hour and a half a day, 2 hours a day to start t- calling LOs and the one thing that I I had in my benefit was just a relationship with my partner, right? Um, you know, being that the relationship was so good, it made me look like I you know, I had it so good at this bank and um, it was it was easy for me. So I recruited a couple of guys um, and you it's know a right thought, question for you. Yeah.
1: So how many months did you work an hour, hour and a half a day uh, to recruit somebody? How long did it take? Until I got my first recruit, four months, five months. Man, so I just, you know, it's so interesting in in our world and our profession when, whether you're going after an agent or or you're going and you're trying to recruit loan officers. I mean, Ryan dedicated time. Almost every single day, if not every single day, he took an hour, two hours a day, and he called people. He was very proactive in his sales efforts. Man, I, I just I see Ryan. I see so many people in our world and in our industry. It's like, I don't know, man. My phone just didn't ring today. It's like, yeah. Well, what were you doing for the other seven hours and thirty minutes that you weren't eating lunch and in the bathroom, that <laughs> you know that you couldn't have picked up the phone and called somebody else and made somebody else's phone ring, and that is just. The single difference in everybody I meet, who is doing okay, or is majorly successful, people who are majorly successful take massive freaking action. And, and all it all takes us an hour, hour and a half a day like you did. Uh, and it's it's interesting when it comes on the other side. Uh, you know, I, I run a pretty large operation across five states right now. And the people that you used to have to chase so much, just to to get on the phone, it's like now, they, now all of a sudden they're calling you and say, like, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm ready to hire anybody else right yeah. now.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's kind of the situation I'm getting in. Um, it's like, is it worth just filling, you know, you know, filling a seat, or you know, compared to your time and you know, my sales manager and everybody else, it's like you're starting to value that seat at a certain point you start valuing that seat a little bit more. So tell me about your team, man. So, uh, I mean, you got a business mind,
1: hands down, you figured out early on, you wanted to build a team, you wanted to recruit, but man, how do you go in three and a half years, forget the team, forget everything else from zero in production to 90 million and a half a year?
0: Yeah, so I mean, the volume really picked up for me probably going into year two, right? I was considered what probably like an average LO going through year one, year two. I teamed up with my partner. You know, I planted a ton of seeds, ton of seeds, um, and I teamed up with my partner and we started blasting the area um, and building the team at that point. So I think we had, yeah, yeah, okay. um, and we were just we were just out there, and you know, it was a good tool to have him with me um, at that time, because at the time we were just going in as, yeah, I'm the owner of the bank. I'm the owner of the bank, right? So it makes the pitch a little bit easier. But year two is where volume, volume really increased for me. Year one, I didn't even know why I was in the business, right? Then I started recruiting. I'm like, I got to see some light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't even know. Looking back now, I was, I don't know what the hell I was doing, but um, it worked. Um, year one to two, um, you know, I started going into the teens. At the end of year two, start going to 20, 30 million. And then after year two, between the refi boom, coming into you know, COVID and everything else, and all the seeds that were planted, um, it, just, it just skyrocketed. And this year, I'm just having uh, you know, a phenomenal year. I had a good year last year. What'd you close last year? Um, last year was about 110. Nice. Um, so, good, you know, so I had a good year, but this year it just, and I thought it was gonna slow down. Um, a little bit but but I'm holding on tight and you know from year two we, we really didn't have any processing or anything like that. So for the whole whole year two I built out my ops. I have five processors now, two openers, two junior processors, and then I have about thirty sales right now. So my team's about my team's about forty altogether. So w- what did it take for you like you know this
1: is this is called stacking S curves on S curves, like exponential growth after exponential growth like what so at the beginning of the year you're like, and I I don't think I'm going to do as much business. The three, obviously, uh, you did a lot of purchases last year, but your percentage yeah. of purchase business, just like the rest of ours, is way up this year. Yeah. So where did that uh, what, did the realtors fall out of the woodwork that you'd been harvesting the relationships on? Did you go full bore into them? What did you do to grab that business now?
0: So yeah, so I I want to say the realtors did start falling out. Um, and, and during, you know, during COVID, it was just like, I didn't even, I couldn't even track my business. Honestly, it was between growing to the, growing the team and having some pieces that I didn't want. And, you know, then every, all my sales complaining that the ops isn't fast enough. Right. It was just like a whirlwind through that time that I never thought I was going to get out of, um, or I was just going to crumble. Um, I, I, I couldn't even track it good enough, but it was all the work that was put in, um, before that, that started falling down. And um, quite honestly, my partner and I started a real estate company, um, and we put some money behind that. So we have five offices on Long Island around here, and that just fed a ton, that fed a ton of business nice. um, on it, too. So we did a lot of big pieces. Like the, it, it didn't all fall out. I would say a majority of it fell out, right? So if I was doing $30 million going into, you know going into later 2020, every, you know, everybody was almost doing double business, if you look back at the numbers. So there was some business that fell through. And then, you know, a couple of the seeds we planted started to sprout. Um, And one of the biggest things that we probably did was we teamed up with a good friend of mine, um, J.B. Bolvidan Tilray Success Solutions, which is the largest real estate sales training on the East Coast. And then we started going after teams with this real estate sales training. And when we realized, um, you know, how much value that was bringing, we, we kept the ball rolling, and there was really no good media companies out there. So we're like, we put our heads together, and then we opened up Tilray Media. And now uh, we have super qualified people that came from the WWE. We had an awesome setup that, that we're here on right now. Um, and now we're gonna start providing the agents with the best media around here, um, and helping them really grow. Um, and then you know, what you see behind me, the Entrepreneur Conference, we, uh, I was running for a charity event, and then, you know, I was going to start calling in all my favors um, for catering halls and everything else. But with COVID, I just didn't have the heart to do it with people out for so long. Yeah. Um, and I was going to do a virtual event with Grant Cardone. And I'm like, you know, like halfway through this charity event, I'm like, you know, I'm not going to pull this off like, to what I wanted to. Let's just get him here in person. So I went from like that idea. and Now we're getting in Grant Cardone, Bradley, Renee Rodriguez, Michael Burt, Jason Mitchell. And uh, we're doing a 1,000-person conference here. If I was able to fit more people, we would have uh, found a a spot that was able to fit more people. And now we just want to bring that education to Long Island. No one's ever did it. This is the first time that all these people are really going to be at an event on Long Island. And um, I just want to, you know, know, I'm 28 years old. When I started in the business, I realized I had no education in the business. It was kind of just like what you brought and what you had your ears open to that day is what you would grab. And... um, you know, I've had some success in my life. You know, I got a, a small real estate portfolio and, you know, building that and multiple multiple income streams. And, and I'm no one special. You know, I'm not a college graduate, no degree, barely made it through high school. And if I was able to do it, we want to bring this education to our real estate, you know, real estate community and really any entrepreneurs in finance, anything. And we really want to cultivate that community and bring it you know, bring the education to Long Island. So I think just the exposure with some of the stuff that we're doing um, has really, you know, increased it tremendously.
1: Amazing. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you talked about the number one thing that, that we all have to do when when you want to gain business and bring value. And yeah. so, I mean, that that's the difference And those of us who are, you know, going to make it in this industry. You know, that's the difference in you being long retired or in many other business ventures at 55, or just plugging along at those three or four loans a month, hoping ends meet, hoping everything's good. Man, this business just isn't worth it to, to scrape along. No. It can provide so much. And when you create that value, uh, it's there. And so, yeah, and you're, you're one of our newest members of Next Level. Yeah. Um, just like, what, what's in it for you for coaching? Uh, I always had people, I have a coach. People are always like, Man, Sean, you're doing so much more business than me. Why do you have a coach? <laughs> well, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Uh, but 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 so it's been it's been a couple months you've joined us and uh and unfortunately you won't be at our next mastermind. We're trying to find a way because our events butt up to each other on consecutive days. Uh your conference starts right as ours ends. Yeah. Um so uh man Tell me a little yeah, bit I'm about I'm definitely going to
0: be at the next one, but I want you guys to get down to, to this event. We're, we're working cool, on it. We're discussing how we can arrange travel to be there for you. Yeah, and listen, um, to talk a little bit about the event, not too much, um, besides the guest speakers, for a VIP ticket, we're doing an after party. All the speakers are going to be there afterwards. Uh, you get lunch with them. Uh, it, you know, we're, and, and we'll give a discount to all of Next Level, anybody who's a member of Next Level, because we really just want to get the education out there. But... Um, right now we were doing those VIP tickets for 2500 bucks actually if you're a member of next level I'll even pay for the hotel that night we blocked out a, ho- a whole you know a bunch of hotel rooms I'll pay for the hotel room for anybody at next level to come down because I know in my community you're not going to be able th- th- if I didn't put this event I would never get in front of these people um, period right I would have to go follow them somewhere and then pay for a ten twenty thousand dollar ticket to get near these people in some cases um, you know, so for anybody for the next level, I mean, they could contact us. Um, I'll cut hundreds off of the price I now pay for your hotel room because this is this is probably you know uh, you know mo- you, you guys can get in front of these people very easily, but for the average person, it's pretty hard to uh, get in front of these people and network. I mean, that, that that's amazing. I just I love the action you've been taking.
1: You don't get results in life without action, no. and you know you talk about being you know, struggling in regular old school that, that we go through, man. But, but the difference in you and 99% of people out there is like, you'll make phone calls or yeah. an hour a day for four months straight without results, because you, you got to plant the seeds in order for success to happen. You know, yeah. you're like, man, instead of uh, paying $20,000 times five to go see all these people, I'll bring them all to me yeah. and
0: I'll just have a badass event. Like, People don't do what you do. Uh, no, and it's just crazy. And, and I'm sure you can feel it in your market. But it's like the real estate community collabs a lot, right? By me, they at least do. And, and they have to on transactions, right? But it's like the mortgage community, it's like it's like you can't talk to each other. Some of these guys feel like it's like crazy. You know, so for the fact that, you know, the program that you guys have is phenomenal. But in, like, local communities, it's like I was some someone dm'd me on some of my media so i gave him like my you know a little couple sentences of a little pitch and i got like their branch manager calling me that's embarrassing i'm trying to recruit someone i'm like how how do you recruit? how do you recruit man (laughs) like i just i just answered him like listen i'm not looking to go back and forth i'll give you a free ticket to my event
1: (laughs) yeah i uh because i created more value for your loan officer in three minutes than you have in the last three years don't hate me bro don't
0: yeah yeah, that's that's, a, I wish I had that in my head.
1: I should. I wish I knew you then. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's so funny. I mean, that's one of the, the beautiful things about next level and just finding an amazing coaching program that works for you. Is you get people, you know, out of the scarcity mindset into an abundance and in a creator mindset, versus just like, they, like you and me in the same market talking about loans and what we're doing. Like it's just, it's not going to move the needle that put one of us out of business and. No. So many people in industry think like that, and that's exactly what they want, man. It's you know not to go crazy, but it's just like the government, man. It's like you know <laughs> if, if if technology companies can make us fight each other and not tell each other anything, they can just take over the industry. That's true. And,
0: yeah.
1: and that's what's going so on. So, Ryan, one question before we leave. Yep, um, you've been in this three and a half years, you've had a fair amount of success to say the least. If you could go back to the beginning of 2018 and tell Ryan Riddle then one piece of advice,
0: what would you tell him? Work harder, even harder. That 20, that first year for me was, uh, you know, tough. I'm, you know, I'm reading Tim Grover's book right now. I forgot I forgot to mention Tim Grover's coming too. Um, I read, I'm read. i reading Tim Grover's book, Winning. Um, and if anybody, you know, if you guys haven't read it, I've never you read got a book a in my life to be completely un- what what happened? He, he's got several great books. But yes, it, I've never read a book in my life. I'm going to be completely honest with you. So I'm doing this audio book. I'm like, I got to start reading these guys' books before they, <laughs> I get on stage with them. And um, I, as I'm reading it, a lot of the lines that are coming up to me is like, I remember feeling that like that in 2018, and it's all worth it. Just keep working hard, and nothing comes easy. And I think in this generation, and and you know, technology and everything, they make everything like so easy. Here's the three simple steps of how to get it's nothing simple
1: Hmm. work hard i love it that's it ryan thank you for joining us today no sean thank you so much again friends i'm I'm sean Zalmanoff, one of the founders and coaches here at next level we thank you for listening watching on youtube uh wherever that is that, that you happen to be if we're moving the needle for you and our industry do us a favor, go to iTunes, go to Google, go to Spotify, hit that five-star button, say something nice so we continue to perpetuate the loan officer community or go to become next level to find out more. Peace y'all.